Good morning. It is a privilege to be here uh, because I can assure you four years ago I did not think I'd be standing here talking to a group uh, about my own journey with generosity. Uh, And it has been a journey. Like many of you, I grew up in a Christian home and I learned to give to the church. My parents would give me a quarter and I'd put it in the Sunday school envelope and I'd take it in every day or every Sunday, and, and I learned at a very early age that you spend what you need to spend and you give what's expected, that is the norm or what your peers expect, and you save the rest. And then as I grew up, I learned to tithe, and, but also I learned to save. And, and, and I was part of this whole idea that you, that you save and you invest because, you know, you never know about the future. And as I prepared to come here today, I thought about what changed from when I was a child. When my parents would give me that quarter and I would put it in that envelope, and, you know, I had no hesitation giving that quarter away. Not one bit. And, you know, I never worried about the future because my earthly father, I knew my earthly father was going to take care of that. So I gave that quarter away with joy, with no strings attached, no expectations. But as I grew up, something changed. I became mature. I learned to save. I learned to invest. And I thought that was the wise thing to do. Uh, I learned that it's very easy to put labels on things that are really fear-based uh, in my life. And then, in addition to tithing, I finally grew to give a little bit, you know, to Red Cross when there was a disaster on television or a particular missionary or mission when I heard about it through church. And I, I thought I was a generous person. And I thought I was a wise person as well. And then four years ago... Lloyd Benson and another man at my church, John Montgomery, invited a dozen of us to lunch to hear about generosity. And during that lunch, Lloyd made a very generous offer. If this group, if a good-sized group will come, I will pay the registration fee for you. And, you know, I just felt this tug on my heart. Now, the whole thing sounded a little crazy, but I felt this tug on my heart. So I went up to Lloyd right afterwards, and I said, I'm going to plan to go. I I think I should go. And then a couple of weeks before this event, I reached out to the people that I was at lunch with so we could make carpooling arrangements. No one was going. Not even Lloyd and John were going. (laughs) I was the only one going, okay? So I said, Lord, do you still want me to go? You know how good I am about being alone. Uh, And I went. And I came, and I went to the reception that you guys all participated in yesterday. And I I stood around, and I looked at all these people, and I did not know a soul. And I backed up against the wall, and I just stood there. And I said to God, I said, Lord, if you don't show up, I won't have anyone to talk to. Because I know no one in this room. And about that time, someone that works with generous giving, and many of you know her, Cindy, came up, hooked her arm in mine, and said, Hi, you look like you're alone. You want to sit at my table? And in a flash, I was sitting at Cindy's table, along with some other people. And I knew that was a divine meeting, and God taking care of me. So I sat there, and I listened, and I heard Chip Ingram speak. 
And I heard all these testimonies about people giving away 50% of, of what they made or giving away their companies or just crazy things, okay? And after the first night, I actually thought, I need to leave because the, <laughs> these people are actually a little bit crazy. And then, then Chip taught. And he taught on two parables that you may know, the pearl of great, uh, great value and the buried treasure. And in those parables, Jesus is actually teaching. And he's teaching about the kingdom of God. And the stories are those where uh, the two individuals, they give up everything, everything that, is, that they have in order to purchase or to get the treasure or the pearl of great price. And it's the kingdom of God that is the great treasure. And he asked this question, he said, were those people noble? Were they super Christians, superheroes? And then he said, no, they were just smart. They traded in something of lesser value for something of greater value. That's just the smart thing to do. And it's like the light bulbs went off in my head. I have been missing it. I've been missing what the abundant life is all about. And I think I shared with someone this morning that other than uh, the time I finally surrendered to Jesus as my Lord, I think it was the, most, the second most transformational moment in my life. Because it's then when I really understood what it was to follow Jesus. So right there at that very event, and you may do this too, I made a pledge. I said, Lord, I'm going to take the plunge. Have you ever done this? I'm going to, I promise you that I'm going to give away half of the revenue that comes into me next year. And I did begin to increase my giving. I got a great financial advisor. I began to look at what I, what I could give away. I began to look at what I was spending. And somewhere along the way, I just forgot that promise I made. Have you ever done that? And so the years went by. And then last year, I had the opportunity to hear about a wonderful organization uh, Open Arms International that has an orphan village in, uh, just outside of Eldoret, Kenya. And what they do, among other things, is they rescue babies that are thrown on the trash heap. And I do mean literally, thrown on the trash heap. Uh, and I just I thought, oh gosh, I can't believe this. And so, as I, I usually do, I start out with a moderate amount of money and I made a donation, $2,500. And I looked forward to getting to know them better. And then several weeks after that, I was off at a business conference. It was a lunch break, and I was sitting eating, and I got this phone call. Hello, Kim, this is David Gallagher with Open Arms. We're calling you from Kenya just to say thank you for your very generous gift to us. We are celebrating here in the village that there are people like you willing to follow the Spirit. And I thought, wow, I've never had anyone call me from Kenya for a $2,500 donation. I guess dollars go a long way in Kenya. And then about that time, I got an email or two from their development reps or others that I had met. And, and they were thanking me profusely and telling me how much it meant for me to be so generous. And I thought, this is not adding up. $2,500? So I sent an email to my friend Melissa at National Christian Foundation in Houston, and I said, Melissa, 
can you tell me how much I gave to Open Arms International? <laughs> and Melissa responds, I don't remember, but I remember it was a large amount. <laughs> okay. At this moment, I'm going, oh boy. Oh boy. So I wait patiently, and she responds, you gave $250,000. So I reply, thank you. <laughs> and then I started breathing again. And then I said, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, we've just given away a whole lot of your money. It was sitting in my donor advisor fund. It was the time of year where I put a lot in, and there it was. And so, um, in the meantime, I'm getting all these thank yous from all these people at Open Arms International. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I hear from the, the lovely woman who operates the village. She's Kenyan. I mean, it, you know, it was, and I kept saying, no, you don't understand. It wasn't me, it was the Lord. <laughs> and it really was. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't want to say what had happened, or what I knew happened, uh, because I knew they would want to give it back. But they kept thanking me, and, you know, and I just felt like, oh, they really have got this all wrong. So I broke down and I told them the story. I told them what I knew. And they said, oh, as I expected, we need to give this back to you. We understand how things like this can happen, and we want to give that back to you. And I said, oh, no, 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 let me, let me pray about that. And so I went home that night after work, and I prayed. And it's like that moment, God winked. And I had this peace about that. And what I learned in that moment is how good God is and how gentle he is, how kind he is, once we start on this journey of generosity. He helps us. He doesn't condemn us. He doesn't criticize. He doesn't impose guilt feelings. He takes it one step at a time with us. And once in a while, he'll give us a little nudge. <laughs> and, uh, and people ask me to this day, well, did you just type something wrong or what? I have no idea, okay? I certainly could have. I have no idea. But I don't think the gift was a mistake. So since then, I have, uh, I've had a little less reservation about what I give uh, and, and to whom I give as well. Then um, I began to increase my giving. I developed a plan for giving. That's evolved over my time. My financial advisor is here. Here's another coincidence that when I was at that conference four years ago, there was this nice man sitting next to me, and we ended up talking, uh, and he's now my financial advisor. That was a divine appointment as well. I want to share with you uh, some things that I've learned. One is it gets easier to let go the more you give. And if you're not one of those people who can take that big step of, I'm going to give half my income, then just get started and make the commitment and to, to grow and to lead where Jesus leads you. The other thing that I've learned is that the more you give, the greater the adventure, and the greater the adventure, the greater the joy. I've also learned that giving is all about relationships. That's why God calls us to give. It's about our relationship with him, 
but it's also about his creating relationships among us and others. I've had the opportunity to meet more people who have given their lives to work in places, frankly, I didn't even know where they were on the map. Uh, And it is a joy to get to know them and to be part, heart to heart, with them and what they're doing. And I think God calls us to that. It's not just writing a check. And the other thing I've learned is the thing that, things that I once thought would give me joy, they just don't give me joy anymore. I'm just kind of passionless about them. Recently, I teased my uh, financial planner. I I walked into his office and I told him that uh, I had decided to buy a second home, uh, a nice place on the beach. And he looked surprised based on what he had seen up to that point. And I said, yes, the Lord and I have decided we're going to use some of the money to buy a second home on a beach, blue sky, wide open spaces. And he said, oh, really? Where is this house? I said, it's in South Sudan. (laughs) And of course, I know he's at that moment going, have you done something else that you didn't know you did? And I explained, no, I said, it was an opportunity that the, that the Lord nudged me to, to take advantage of to pay $42,000 for a home for a missionary family in South Sudan, which is a place in this particular location that has not had missionaries in five decades. And he looked stunned, and I said, but don't worry, Derek, don't worry. Got a real deal on the flood insurance and hurricane insurance on this home. <laughs> And he smiled. My hope for you is that you will take the plunge in some manner, whatever that manner is that God leads you. But do take a step. Because it's, it's, it's like a drug. It's going to be addicting. The joy and the peace that you have on this journey. Thank you. Thank you.